Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And we are here to shoot the flames. That's right. And this is very special, shooting the flames. Yes, right. This is a very, very special episode because we have reached a fucking milestone. That's right. It's our 200th episode. 200 episodes. At least on the main feed. We're not even counting all of our bonus episodes, of which I think they're like 70 now. Yep. We just released 70. So 270 episodes of the Film Flamers. That is fucking crazy to me. For real. Uh, I know we've said this before, but like when Chris and I started talking about this podcast and eventually had our first episodes, right? We never kind of expected that we would get, you know, so many amazing like listeners and comments and stuff like that. And we really, really have like, I have enjoyed this fucking podcast ride so far. Oh, same. It's the only thing that gets me through the day. I mean, (laughs) ditto. That might be an embellishment. (laughs) But, but not far from the truth. <laughs> it does have a, a little bit of a therapeutic aspect to it. It does. So Chris and I get to sit here and talk to each other and then share it with all of you. But that's not the only milestone that happened recently. That's right. We've reached over 100,000 downloads. Which is so crazy to me. I mean, I feel like when we first started, <clears throat> we were doing this for us. And we still are doing this for us, right? But... A lot of that has changed now. I think we're doing a yeah. lot of this for like listeners. Both though. You yeah. Know, Cause we've, co- we've managed to cultivate, you know, an audience that is, you know, kind of small, but um, has a voice, you yeah. know, and Mighty. in our poll, yeah. In our polls and uh, over on Patreon and of course on social media, whether they're patron or not, you know, and, and so we have, you know, that kind of plugged in to where it's not only validating for what we want to do, but it also gives them more of what, they want you know especially with this gateway horror which ended up being so popular you know so it's always fun to see the surprise hits too like who who knew like ghost in the darkness would be one of our more popular episodes randomly you know we're talking a lot about adjacent horror which has been super validating for us with all the interest out there that's right because i feel like a lot of horror podcasts and i listen to a lot of them right They, they do the big ones you know the biggies and it's all like straight on horror but we have never shied away from an adjacent conversation and i think that that, you know, including some of these movies that definitely fit somewhere in the genre, there's some interest to people who like horror movies, right? Clearly. Yeah, you know, and, and I feel like in our first few years, people would say, like, this isn't horror. This is barely horror. You know, like, right. how could you cover this or something like that? And we haven't gotten that in quite a while. Nope. Because I, th- I feel like we're very, very established as, like, the, you know, horror-adjacent, you know, because we do do the biggies, right? But we also really try and say, like, this had a lot of horror in it, you know, and it's worth talking about, especially because at the end of the day, we don't have to rationalize with some sort of argument based on like OCD categories that we need to stay in. This is our podcast and we are going to cover what the fuck we want to cover. <laughs> and that's true. But also I'm here lately. I think that we've been getting a lot of requests for things and yeah. I, I really like that. I like trying to fit things into the docket and especially when some of the requests are movies that I definitely, or we definitely want to talk about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our podcast wrapped for Spotify, like kind of blew my mind too. Yeah. Like, there were some weird kind of metrics in there that they track. That was interesting. Like, like we're like in the top per- 10% shared mm-hmm. uh, podcasts, which is interesting. Across multiple platforms. Oh, yeah. And that were listened to. In WeChat like, somehow. Like yeah. I, don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> we're listened to in like 89 different countries. Like that was crazy to me. Yeah, sure. And I mean, like it was just a lot. So, I mean, like literally 
Guys, over the last year, we have grown kind of exponentially as a podcast, I feel. And I mean, we kind of owe a lot of that. We, well, we owe all of that to you guys. Like you, you share us, you talk to us online and we try to include you in like our monthly shooting the flames. And I feel like that shows. So we really are creating a good like audience slash family. And yeah. that makes me very, very happy. Yeah. You know, we should do like a, a top 10 where we discuss our top 10 most popular episodes at some point, because it's, oh, yeah. it's really interesting to, to see like interview the vampires in there, mm-hmm. alien and aliens, the shining and the ghost in the darkness randomly. And Annabelle is in there. And That's it's just like people are searching for these movies, <clears throat> I think, and looking for content, especially with like the shows that are coming out or anniversaries of movies that come out that we somehow you know like if if you've been with us for like the last four plus years you know that we accidentally land on these anniversaries without planning on it sometimes and so it's just uh it kind of works out but you know it's also just more validation that this sort of thing was meant to be you know and so we have no plans on stopping um we're not running out of steam if anything we are just like looking at our docket and being like what can we do sooner you know i know we are trying to move things up and around um i've also like pleasantly this week because all right spotify wrapped week is like my favorite like i love it i love like seeing all the songs that i listen to the most and whatnot Mm because i'm geeky about that but we have gotten lots of screenshots from people who listen to our podcast on Spotify, other podcasts rank. And like continuously when people share this on social media or Instagram, we're either like number one or number two in all of their like top podcasts. So it's been really cool to see that. And I've shared all those things on our Instagram story. So either way, Chris and I are celebrating our 200th episode, obviously, but we're also celebrating with you guys. So we cannot Thank you enough for all the listens and all the support. And this is what Shooting the Flames is all about. So do you want to get started with that? Sure. So we have no new reviews on Apple Podcasts, but we did get one on Instagram DM. It's kind of like a review. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he said nice things, so I'm going to call it a review. So uh, Ben Stewart UK over on Instagram sent us a message and said, guys, I just wanted to say that I love your podcast. I'm a massive film nerd. The Rewatchables for the longest time has been my favorite podcast, but I wish they would go into more detail about my favorite films. I just found your podcast series and I love it so much. You two are both hilarious and so respectful of the source material. I get super emotional when people talk about their feelings toward films they love. My new favorite thing is your film recap at the beginning with the soundtrack playing. It's so good. Oh, wow. I don't think anyone has ever commented on our synopsis before. Yeah, we've we've polled our patrons uh-huh. and we've polled our listeners, actually. So, um, right. When we used to do those, I should probably do another survey. Probably. You know? But they said, yes, they listen to it or no, they skip. You know, but I was surprised how many people do listen to it. And a couple of other people have mentioned, I think, Kimberly, maybe. Possibly, yeah. Um, uh, or Nicole or, or has listened to it with their kids. Like, <laughs> as mentioned that the that it's like story time, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think for a little bit we were trying to guard our tongues a little bit. But yeah. that stopped. Yeah, Sorry. that's done. Sorry, guys. If your kids are in the car. <laughs> I'm real fucking sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we do. Like I, I really love doing music to the to the synopsis. And one thing that we've tried, we've talked about many times that we actually haven't done is tell people what we do before the synopsis, which is I write it for you and you write it for me. And it's generally a surprise when mm-hmm. we have to read it, hence the laughs. Right? I like I you're much better at that than I am because you continuously make me laugh. Like I feel like I'm only funny sporadically and not when I'm trying to be. So I don't I don't know. Either way, you can generally tell when Chris has written a synopsis, A, because I'm reading it, and B, because it's more funny. Eh. (laughs) I don't know. Usually it will be more evil. 
sometimes like you will like i think the whole thing started with the jaws synopsis <laughs> oh my god you're right <laughs> i left all that boat jargon in yeah. i did that recently too didn't i, I left a whole shit ton of names in one and i was just like here you go yeah so if you listen to the outtakes after like the first outtakes after jaws came out you'll probably hear a lot of the outtakes from jaws me trying <laughs> to read that synopsis and it's just fucking hilarious i love it now if we can get more people around to liking our our outtakes episodes that's that's our next thing we got we got people down with the synopsis now we get get them down with the, the outtakes yeah i think it's just like there's a lot of in jokes and people just don't get it and, and you know when, when you don't feel like you're a part of the joke like it's not as funny <clears throat> and so true. like the more like objectively funny like situational comedy and in, in the outtakes i think the better but i think there's a little bit of both on our outtakes so yeah. i don't know we'll see go check those out yeah, yeah. let us know if you still love them Oh, we or ever sh- did. <laughs> I mean, one person does for sure, at least. Matthew T. McHenry, thank you again for all the fucking outtakes comments. You're the only one. We have a shit ton of comments. Chris, do you want to start? Yes. All right. So starting with our top 10 Treehouse of Horror, Ooh. Uh, Land of Enchantment Lobos and as an email. And so he said, really like the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror top 10 segments, which included many classics and some of my favorites as well. I was only surprised to see one segment missing, Bad Dream House, from the first annual installment. In a parody of the Amityville Horror, the Simpsons move into a new home at a great price. Lisa and Marge are scared there's an evil presence lurking in the house, though Homer says there's nothing to worry about, despite there being a vortex in the kitchen. (laughs) Homer throws an orange into the vortex, although the ones who live in the vortex throw it out with a note attached reading, quit throwing your garbage into our dimension. Uh, I'm embarrassed to admit that I've never actually seen the Amityville Horror, but I perhaps erroneously attributed the vortex as a call out to Poltergeist. Need help placing the Vortex parody. Okay. Land of Enchantment, Lobo. There's kind of a Vortex in the Amityville Horror, kind of. I really? mean, there's not like a physical one. I remember that. But there's like a very, there's a center of the house where all the evil is or whatever. Like, we're talking about the original this in the house 70s. has many hats. <laughs> yeah, that, that, it feels like an amalgam between yeah. multiple ones. It could be Evil Dead 2, uh, it could be uh, Poltergeist, and it could be Amityville. And they probably yeah. did all three purposefully. I'm sure the Simpsons did. And I will say, like, I this is one of the ones that is very special because it's the very first segment in the very first Treehouse of Horror, you know? And I do love Bad Dream House. I think it's great. It's funny. It makes me laugh. But out of that one, I feel like The Raven is still better. But I mean, this is why we have like shooting the flame. So you guys can tell us like what your segments are. We ask, you know, like, tell us what you think. And so, yeah, I mean, like it deserves to to be high on any sort of list. Bad Dream House is a really good segment. From our top 10 gateway horror movies, Wallstrich over on Patreon said, great episode. Love the return of the top 10s. My 12-year-old niece is House Slytherin and super into the show called Owl House on Disney+. Plus. Lots of monsters, decapitation, and scary stuff. Huh? Also pretty funny. Just 23 minutes each if you want to check out an episode of what kids, or at least my kids, are into. Niece, sorry, at least a kid are into. I haven't even heard of this, have you? Uh, no. I'm not really plugged into the kids stuff, though. You know, I've lost touch, as they say. I'm no longer hip. Well, I never have been, even though I have five nieces and nephews. I That's true. Probably... Even when you were a kid, you weren't watching, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and shit. No, I was not. I was, like, watching Evil <laughs> you were Dead. Basic Instinct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was watching Sliver over and over again. Whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I will look into that. I will ask my nieces and nephews if we're watching it, too. And we will let you know, Wall Street. Okay. 
Bennett over on Patreon said, I first watched Legend when I was eight years old and it weirded me out. I didn't know what the hell I was watching. It would be years later until I got the courage to watch it again, particularly the European director's cut with Jerry Goldsmith's score, which I would agree with Chris is the far superior version. Thank you. Uh huh. And Tim Curry as Darkness. Woof. He also has one of the best lines in the longer version. The dreams of childhood become the regrets of maturity. Oh, that's deep. I remember hearing that as an adult and going, fuck me. Also, fuck me, darkness. You're hot. So I responded to this on Patreon, uh, agreeing with him, obviously, as we do. But in my reply, I inadvertently called darkness hotness. I didn't even (laughs) realize I did it. And I clicked reply and I was like, okay, I called him hotness. I'm not even going to try and correct that because it's I, hilarious. I fucking saw that. Like I pulled up Patreon as I do after episodes are released to look at some of the comments or whatnot. And I saw y'all's back and forth and I was dying uh, reading that. I was just like hotness. It's Freudian. Lord hotness. <laughs> he is hot in that movie though. <laughs> Uh, more on that coming up in another comment, I think. So Nikki over on Patreon said, this episode kicked off a fantastic month of gateway horror. I had so many thoughts and so much to say for each episode that I just gave up on commenting. It would have been like live tweeting, but less hip. Anyway, I loved it all. And I may give my top thoughts in just a bit. I can't resist. I would love you to give us your takes on all of our gateway horror, Nikki. I, we always love your comments. So, and I think you have a comment coming up. She does. And also let's not forget that Nikki was, um, she was a really a cheerleader for us to do that gateway horror month in the first place. Like she right. was asking for it for quite a bit. Yeah. For years, probably, you know, and Nikki's actually one of our oldest cheerleaders and she's actually been on the show. That's right. Speaking of which never ending story episode, land of enchantment. Lobos sent us an email and said, I always imagined Mork, Spoke to Atreyu telepathically. Mork looks like he is breathing and growling, but never speaking verbally. Whether it was the true intent, I do not know. I think it was Muppetry. It was sheer Muppetry. M- sheer Muppetry. I think he was supposed to be talking. He had that kind of like simian mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely moving and they were trying to match it up to what was being said, but. Yeah, they tried. <clears throat> they tried. They tried <laughs> hard, yeah. but. They- Many of those puppets looked like they were trying to communicate telepathically. <laughs> Rockbiter. <laughs> These hands. Oh my God. Nikki over on Twitter left us this comment. And she said, as a kid that often got lost in my books, I loved this movie. Showed this to my oldest kid when he was seven. He swore he'd never forgive me for having him watch our text die. Oh, same. I answered life is pain. Anyone who tells you differently is selling something. And then we watched the princess bride. Well, damn (laughs) (laughs) some tough parenting, but true. Yeah. There's horror adjacent. And then there's like, Horror adjacent, 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 three times removed or something. Mm -hmm. Because I'd love to talk about Princess Bride at some point. Oh, my God. For real. Boo. Princess of filth. (laughs) Princess of slime. Princess of garbage. You do know that for a period of time, my my nickname was Princess Buttercup, right? No. I thought it was Christina. (laughs) Well, that's what my mom called me. I had a friend. And I, I called her Felina or something like that. I don't know. We got it from a song and she called me Princess Buttercup. So <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I missed that. Hey, Lisa. The Penelope Chronicles over on Instagram said, still have no idea that Bastion named the childlike empress Moonchild. Mind blown. Also looked up how to spell Bastion and saw that his full name was Bastion Bucks. Seriously, I might have laughed until I cried. Bastion Bucks? Bastion Bucks. That's a good drag name. Maybe. Mm. So is Moonchild though. Jeremy Elkington on Instagram said, Hey guys, 
Fantastic listening to you talk about this blast from the past. It's certainly a unique film visually and character-wise, and possibly one of the first films I had seen as a kid that presented serious and sad themes. My kids have all seen this film, and we're certainly into it. Cheers, guys. For real. And we really go into that in the deep dive about just how like kind of morose the movie is. For Oh, my God. I'm not even quite sure I realized like how morose it was until we watched it for to a point that is amazingly enjoyable to watch as an adult. It is. I mean, it's just it's different. It's a different experience to watch as an adult. And I really love that people our age um, are showing their kids this this movie. And I hope to God that they're having some sort of like realization while they're watching it as an adult, especially if they haven't seen it for like years upon years. And maybe you're having some conversations with their children about like. Mm -hmm. Emotions and what it's like to grow up. It's almost like preparatory, you know, because most kids aren't nihilist. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is a flavor of depression only I could experience as an adult. (laughs) Maybe I was a little nihilist as a child. I'm sure I was. Display Scarab from Instagram said, wow, I love this movie. A classic for sure. I love the story concept. Don't get me started on how badass my boy Atreyu was. Happy holidays to the both of you. Love you guys and keep the good work. Sweet dreams. Happy holidays to you. Ellipses. Ellipses. (laughs) My boy, I try you. Happy holidays. Display Scarab. Love you too. And sweet dreams as well. And he's my boy. Your boy, That sounds wrong. Let's just not do that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like 60 now. Okay. (laughs) It's ruined it for everybody. (laughs) How do you like that bitch pudding? (laughs) Bitch pudding. (laughs) Uh, From our deep dive into legend, Kimberly over on Patreon said, holy forking shirt balls, you guys. I had no idea there was a director's cut. I just ordered it on eBay. I'm so excited. I too was shocked to find out that Robert Picardo was Meg Knucklebones. I remember him from Gremlins too, as the guy who got it on with the girl Gremlin. Um, actually, it's Meg Mucklebones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's Gremlina. <laughs> <laughs> and in the in the show notes, I put the actual link to the Amazon Blu-ray of the director's cut, which was like 50% off. So I, I messaged her immediately after I got this. And I was like, hey, if, you, if it's not too late, like maybe you can get this for cheaper or faster. You know, I never heard back. But Kimberly... Please let us know what you thought of that director's cut. Yes. And hopefully you got it for cheaper than on eBay. Yeah. Nikki, also on Patreon, said, this was one of my favorite movies growing up, but I can't wait to watch the director's cut. Oh, my God. Did we just, like, introduce a director's cut to the entire world? Hell, yes, we did. I fell in love with Tim Curry because of this movie, and the love has continued. I have watched Annie more times than I can count. When I was little, I daydreamed about being a ballerina in that black gown with darkness. Who hasn't? I certainly have. That's I did. my favorite part of that movie. Hell yeah. Always, always and forever. And Tim Curry, Tim Curry is fucking excellent. She commented also on Twitter with a very similarly worded like tweet. And she was talking about other Tim Curry movies that she liked besides Annie. So obviously like Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah, cool. Clue, you know, like all the big ones, right? But Nikki, just so you know, I also love Annie very, very much. I have seen it so many times. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. It's my third favorite musical. Tomorrow. It's a hard knock life for us. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) yes, all about the gown with darkness. Oh, my God. I want that to be my Halloween costume. And please, Nikki, let us know what you thought of the director's cut. Yes. Oh, my God. So many people watching the director's cut. You have to tell us. 
I just, I feel like motherfucking Teresa right now. <laughs> I'm just like giving this gift to the world. <laughs> As you should. You saint. Well, speaking of which, someone else already knew about it because G. William NYC over on Patreon said, I love Legend. Both the American theatrical cut and the director's cut are magical. I grew up with the theatrical version being on TV every three seconds as well as taping it. And then we'll be watching it over and over. I can't tell, though, which part made me gay, though. Ha ha. Tom Cruise's skimpy little thigh bearing wooden if outfits. Darkness's beef and swagger. Or probably and most likely Mirasera's Dark Princess goth look. <laughs> that high collar. Swoon. Thanks for covering this, guys. It was a very fun episode. Aww. Yeah, we were just talking about that gown. So I think it was all of our <laughs> For real. <laughs> I mean, all those things made me a little bit gay. Because I think I talked about it in the episode, too. Like, this was on cable. I watched it so many times when I was a kid. The first I time also, I saw it was on cable, yeah. Yeah, I recorded this shit the same. I watched it over and over again. And I feel like out of all those three things, it was the fucking gown that made me the gayest. Um, yeah, I remember the whole movie. And then I remember that scene and that was like what outside of him coming out of the mirror mm-hmm. like she f- sees herself first in the mirror right and that's the whole thing and then you that reveal and then the reveal of darkness her reveal is just as powerful in a way because i just felt a little part of me like just popping into existence uh-huh <laughs> in my memory back then there's a lot i mean i don't i don't think that i really put enough uh weight on legend for like helping me with my 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 queerness when i was a little boy the whole section of the film basically just like high stakes drag race <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i wish some queen would do that I, this is going to be my fucking halloween costume next year you just mark my words hell yeah i'm gonna find someone to make that fucking gown for me make the hair the hair crown or whatever the hell she is. <laughs> Aquanet. What are you going to go as? You can go as Tom I'll Cruise go as, and go the, the wood nymph Just thing? one big thigh. <laughs> <laughs> A thigh with teeth. <laughs> no, I can't do it. I'm not four feet tall. Okay. Jack. I'll go as Mickey Rooney. Auditioning. <laughs> Next to Tom, Tom Cruise. Oh my God. That was so funny. I listened back to that episode and I was just like cracking up at that shit <laughs> those fun facts were so good uh david's rough over on patreon said i managed to avoid this movie for 28 years until a current girlfriend finally cornered me with it i remember finding it boring but really loving the fantasy atmosphere the very very flammable atmosphere <laughs> yeah so i responded to this on patreon and said you well you must have watched the theatrical version really because we were bored to tears as well yes you yeah. know comparatively relatively so uh watch that director's cut for real and uh also i see what you did there with the very very flammable <laughs> <laughs> we got you yeah. <laughs> battle burrito on twitter said if i had a nickel for every time i was turned on by a red <laughs> Satan adjacent muscle daddy from a movie, I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot of money, but it's weird that it's happened twice. Ron Perlman and Hellboy. I was about to say uh, from that Jack Black movie where they have to deal with the devil or whatever, and the, there was like a whole song piece about it. Was it a movie or a music video? Uh, both. Oh, I just I think I know that song. I never watched the movie, but I know that piece is in it. Mm. Yeah. The greatest song in the world? Yes. I love that video. I love that yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. Well, Battle Burrito, go find yourself your... That's a third nickel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, South Park. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's right. Satan is gay. Four nickels. (laughs) (laughs) He's gay with Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. I need to watch that movie again. And he's a big fucking daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Satan is a big fucking daddy. (laughs) 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 Maybe, okay. 
You know what? Legend is like the the Legend is the movie that made all of us gay. The archetype, yeah. We just have to just admit it <laughs> yeah. clearly. For real. And our love of Satan. It's really gateway gay. <laughs> gateway gay. <laughs> uh, so we put a poll up over on Patreon for our bonus episode for Gateway Horror Month. Yeah, we had a flurry of comments asking for choices and and talking about how hard it was to choose with like Little Shop of Horrors, Dark Crystal, and Return to Oz becoming like a three-way tie. So we ended up doing Little Shop of Horrors, but we do plan on possibly returning to Gateway Horror next November and possibly deep diving Dark Crystal and Return to Oz based on the huge amount of interest that we we got for those. Mm-hmm. So we plan on deep diving uh, Little Shop of Horrors as well. Uh, some comedy month in the future, probably some April, uh, based on our Patreon episodes, bonus episode conversation where we just had so many questions. Yeah, we yeah. really need to like. It's one of our longer movie. bonus episodes too. It was. So. It was thirty minutes long, yeah. essentially. Well, we, yeah. Usually our bonus episodes are like twenty-five to, to forty minutes or so, but it was one of the on the longer side. Yeah. Uh, but some actual comments from that poll, uh, G William NYC over on Patreon said, Oh wow. The last unicorn. No one ever talks about this true gem. I'm choosing dark crystal over this just because of the fucking skexies <laughs> and overall puppetry, sheer puppetry. That being said, the last unicorn is so sad, dark, weird, creepy, depressing, and yet beautiful. That laughing skull terrified me. Yeah. Voiced by René Abergeon or whatever. I don't know what his name. He played Odo on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> begin. I'd have to look at it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Need some love. Almost, I feel like a couple of people might have voted for it, but it was definitely on the low side. It wasn't like zero like Wizard of Oz was. Yes. Know, Although I am really interested in watching The Last Unicorn again. Uh, based on our conversation from the top ten episode. Yeah, there's a melancholy there that's super specific. I love it. And yeah. also it's an excuse to just like listen to the America soundtrack, which is not like disnified. It's, you know, it's actual legit like folk rock, you know. Well, I love America. So, the band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a political show. Moving on. <laughs> so, Bennett over on Patreon uh on our bonus episode for Little Shop of Horrors said before I voted for this title as your bonus episode, I actually voted for Wizard of Oz. Oh. With no other votes. But since I was literally the only one voting for that one, which I admit was shocking, I eventually jumped ship and pocketed and picked this one. So I was with you for a hot minute. I mean, I also feel like Wizard of Oz would be a better deep dive. Honestly, everything on that poll is deep dive worthy. Yeah. To me. Right. And so I, it was going to be a hard choice no matter what. So. Yeah, but I'm I'm much more reluctant to do Wizard of Oz. There's a treasure trove of history with that movie. I mean, we have yeah, like every fucking stitch of detail about it and all of it's dramatic and well, traumatic. And know? we have seen like countless amounts of documentaries and shit like that. I mean, like, yeah, and yeah. it might be a little oversaturated, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. Everyone's like, oh, this is a documentary on Wizard of Oz. I've seen that. Let me watch it. You know, so maybe everyone's already familiar and that's why, you know, it's like they don't need us to put, you know, that slant on it. I don't know. They just need to go and watch the... Um cursed films on shutter episode about it because it's traumatic so we got some comments on our episode of starship troopers which we did way back in june where was it july something sometime over the summertime joey's monster movies on youtube said starship troopers is one of my favorite sci-fi movies i love the bug battle at the whiskey outpost i used to play the remake of that scene in the old starcraft map all the time (laughs) haha Yeah, StarCraft is a game. What is that? <laughs> it's kind of like Civilization. Kind of, but not. Um, hmm. 
Starcraft was is, is still pretty big. So yeah. Starcraft like had to have something like that because Starcraft famously had like bug like things that kind of looked like Star Starship Troopers. Okay. I'm sorry, I had no idea what that was. Yeah, it's kind of a, d- a dive into history of nerddom. Okay. So there will be listeners that know what it is. Good. I for, hope so. for real. Yeah. Over my head, though. Yeah. So Bennett over on Patreon said, I watched this movie a lot as a teen, and it was one of my first DVDs. Let's just say when the co-ed shower scene came up, I quickly learned how to use the zoom function, especially on Casper Van Dien. Amen, Bennett. <laughs> I had this on Laserdisc, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I had it on 8-track. No. <laughs> and yes, there was some pausing going on. I mean, for sure. We are talking about all kinds of like queer shit in this shooting the flames. Starship Troopers spank bank and like wanting to wear a dress. <laughs> so I, mean, like, yeah. I love it. So we got a comment from Bennett on our episode on Jurassic Park. And he says, my first semester in film school, I spent a few hours volunteering on a student film that Joe Mazzello was involved in. And yes, he was and still is pretty cute. P.S. I was delighted to hear that when you needed a tiebreaker, Chris's husband gets recruited to play vice president for a day. That's right. So first things first, Joe Mazzello, I think he played the kid yeah. in Jurassic Park. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. even know what he looks like now. Yeah, me either. We'll take your word for it. Though. I don't know if he was like still in film. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so the story is on the bonus episode. Um, there was a three-way tie. And so I mentioned it in passing to my now husband, who I had been... Uh, referring to as my husband until this point, uh, we got married in November yep. and then went on honeymoon, which is why a lot of those episodes were out early in November because we recorded and edited and released them super fast. Anyway, <laughs> that's an aside. And uh, I mentioned that there was a three-way tie. He's like, oh, I hadn't voted. I was like, oh shit. So I was like, you have the power. And so he voted for Little Shop of Horrors because he had never seen it. Yeah. And so we did. And he watched it and he gave it a three and a half. Yeah. He rates things fairly low though. Compared he does. To I mean, compared to, to me for sure. For sure. Yeah. But, uh, why didn't he vote like immediately when the poll came up? I'm gonna have to talk to him about that. I, I don't know. I think he had better things to do. <laughs> like marry me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Part of your vow should have been like, have you voted in our Patreon poll? <laughs> Either way, I'm a break a pe- No. <laughs> I'm a- Break off a piece of this pole. <laughs> oh, it still fits. <laughs> you gonna take it? You gonna take this pole? <clears throat> <All right>. uh, <laughs> that raises some questions. Speaking right. of which. We got a question from Nikki, uh, and she says, Hey, gents, I have been racking my brain trying to remember the name of two movies you suggested. I just have to ask you because you mentioned them on your podcast. I'm going to try to give you a few scenes of both, although we were in an altered state when we watched the film. That's amazing. And maybe you can identify them. So the first movie she said is was Spanish with English subtitles. The first scene had a woman being flung around in a bathtub by a mysterious force. And later these old folks were trying to solve it. The issue was with the water and the little boy died and came back to life and sat at the table with them. So I told her that was terrified, not terrifier. No, God, not. Aterrados, right? Terrified. So watch that because we loved it. And then she said the second movie is Spanish with English subtitles uh, and said, I honestly can't remember the plot, but there was a scene with a lady cooking in the kitchen and she intentionally chopped her fingers off. And a lot of it was set in a barn. And I told her, no, actually that was not Spanish. (laughs) And that is the dark and the wicked. (laughs) 
<laughs> she responded uh, that it was driving her crazy and uh, that she must have been very altered if she forgot it was in English. Um, she also said she needs to rewatch The Night House uh, when she's not altered because she wasn't into it. Um, but she wants to because we really enjoyed it, obviously. So, Nikki, when I watch movies, I'm always in an altered state, like almost every single time, unless I'm at the theater. Rarely, you know, will I have partook yeah. in something. But if I'm at home, girl, I have had a gummy. And I'm enjoying that fucking movie. Yeah, so. but you're not like blitzed. You're just like evened out. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just, to just enough here. to like make myself extra scared or something like that. Yeah. But <laughs> I hope to God you thought that movie was in Spanish while you were watching it. I fucking love it. And that <laughs> reminds me, she has been asking for that top 10 list of movies to watch in an altered state. We need to. Yeah, it's, all, it's on our that. list of things to do. Yeah. It's on our list of lists of <laughs> <laughs> things to do and uh yeah and that i also want to mention again the dark and the wicked was filmed about i want to say 40 minutes away from where we're sitting right now that's right and i fucking love that movie i recently got someone to watch it and i don't think they cared for it as much as we did but i think it's a fantastic fucking movie yeah scary as shit kimberly over on patreon said well did you watch halloween ends also told me to watch Jacob's Ladder for Christ's sake. <laughs> You've already seen it. She was on to me. Oh, yeah. I was like, I've seen Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Several I told times. Her, she was like, for the love of Christ, go see Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> really yeah. Are. But she, she, uh, I think I already mentioned last year in the flames or some of the time. I, I think I mentioned what I thought about Halloween's, but I just couldn't talk spoilery because you hadn't seen it yet. I have now seen it. Yes. And yes, Kimberly, I have watched Halloween ends. I don't know why I'm looking into my microphone like it's your face, but um, I've watched it. <clears throat> I'm kind of saving some things to talk about when we do our year end episode, which will be out in January. So, but yeah. I liked it. I thought Halloween ends was really good. Yeah. He actually. liked it better than I did, but probably because I prepped his expectations a little bit. I, yeah. I keep meaning to not do that. You know, but it's hard for me not to, because he didn't want to see it. And I was trying to like intrigue him enough to see it. I was going to watch it really regardless. His, his opinion. I, I feel like, I feel like I would have liked it if I had you not even like prepped my expectations. Mm. I liked the movie. I thought it was good. Traditionally, though, for both me and you, it, for our franchises we love, when they give us something that we didn't want mm-hmm. initially, we react negatively to it. You know, but we discovered that our initial reaction to um, Prometheus. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had prejudice for Prometheus. We did. <laughs> you know, um, and because they they handed us a Rembrandt, and we wanted you know. A fucking Disney Apollo. drawing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, no, I mean, I feel like that movie was weird in the best fucking ways, right? Like, I kind of want to watch it again. I liked it. It was, it was, it had nothing to do with, it went in places that I never thought it would. And that's what made it good. Thematically, so it was good, right? Yeah. But, uh, like action wise, plot wise, it was not what the front end of this franchise needed. But I was okay with all of it. I mean, like everything about that movie was okay to me. It would just seem like contrarian, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like overtly. And so I still give it a good review because I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought the boy was cute too. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, cute. Bennett sent us an email and said, Hello, Tired Queens. If you give me your mailing address, I can send you a DVD of my stage reading of Tennessee Williams suddenly last summer. <sighs> I didn't act in it, but it does mark my stage directing debut. Okay. Yes. I will send you a... Uh, Mailing address. Did you ever send Kimberly? No, I have not. I have not done that yet. I need to do that as well. Ooh. Kimberly, I'm sorry. She's going to beat you up at the ear, nose, and throat. That's right. <laughs> My ENT. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Kimberly and Bennett, I will be sending you my address 
because I trust y'all with it because I really want to see the staging. I love Suddenly Last Summer. Yeah. I hope it turned out well, Bennett. I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. So Penelope sent us an email and said, hey, guys. And so I think she's been like, um, she's traveling over in Tanzania. Yes. And so, uh, as she does for work, uh, and other places as well, but she sends us kind of like the staccato of like thoughts because she catches up on all our episodes, mm-hmm. which is she's like binging. both complimentary and kind of insulting at the same time. So first things first, Flamey's awards. I'm here for it. Can we please do this? Yes. We've been, we've been flirting with the idea of having our own awards season and maybe like bringing other people onto the show or doing polls among other podcasts or doing something to kind of build up our own awards. And, uh, we call them the Flamey's. <laughs> <laughs> I think eventually if we do that, it's just going to have to be us. I mean, like us and listeners. Yeah, we can call them whatever we want. She also said, Rent, why does everyone always hate on this? I feel like it's a Vegemite uh, Marmite situation. You either love it or you hate it. There's no in between. It hurts my heart that y'all aren't on the Rent train, but I'll get over it, I guess. Yeah, I don't like Rent. I, I mean, like there was a time that I did like Rent. The Broadway yeah but every time someone came to visit me in new york like, let's go see rent let's go see rent and i was like please god i'd rather not it's really just because i got like bored with it after a while yeah it might be one of those things where it's like if you're not in it if you're not in the mood and you don't allow yourself to like enjoy it or get sucked into it you know maybe it just doesn't have that emotional hit for you you know and and that's just one of those things well and same thing with wicked for me like oh yeah i don't really care people are like this is like people's religions like and so there are people that are like unpatronizing right now (laughs) because i'm saying this stuff i mean i have a very massive musical like playlist that i listen to all the time and i never skip the rent songs i like them i listen to them when they come on i never skip the wicked songs either like the ones that i like i don't want them wish them any harm you know i don't hate them i just i never got into it like i I watched wicked and i've I've seen rent a couple times i feel like now that rent is closed on broadway when uh, they revive it i like the team america version better yeah everybody has aids was so funny Uh, she said accents uh, from Drop Dead Gorgeous. Is there an accent Chris can't do well? Also, is there an accent that Robert does well that Chris can't? Uh, he does Irish. Well, well, he does Irish noises, but I don't like it. Yeah, I don't really do accents. But now you have to do it. Horses, horses, horse. okay. <laughs> All right. Now all the Irish people are unsubscribing. <laughs> Which I get there, Ireland. All right. Uh, then we had some sort of banter uh, about E.T., I guess, or we, someone was named Elliot from some sort of deep dive we did maybe, or maybe we mentioned something, I don't know. but uh, she cackled maniacally out loud while she was walking outside. And she's pretty sure that everyone thought she was, had finally lost her damn mind. And I, I think what it was is that one of us said Elliot and the other said, ouch. <laughs> and I'm not sure I remember the context. <laughs> no, I kind of remember that. I'm having a recovered memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot. Ouch. <laughs> anyway, uh, she also says, I need to watch Flea. Uh, how did I miss this? Oh. Uh, yeah, that was like up for best animated feature and it's pretty fucking heavy. It was up for like three different awards. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. I'll watch it again. It was so good. So, yeah. Uh, what's the difference between dark comedy and a dark, 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 dark comedy? Um, I don't know. A couple I don't know where that came extra from. darks? Yeah. I don't know. Especially dark. <laughs> <laughs> but a Especially dark. Yes. Uh, Robert's uh, French and Eyes Wide Shut sounded like a mix of French devolved into a Swedish chef. It amused me greatly. Keep it coming. I pork, pork. Meant. <laughs> <laughs> and happy Thanksgiving from Tanzania, where we say a Film Flamers episode a day keeps the boredom away. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anytime I do any kind of an accent, it devolves into Swedish chef. 
because he's kind of my spirit animal. Like my spirit animals are like Swedish Chef from the Muppets and Ralph from the Simpsons. Like I just can't with either one of them. <laughs> I just turn into that. Yeah, and I can't do any accents. You do accents? Yeah, I just like for a little bit, you know, like I think Kimberly came on and said like that's okay, but then she actually read it correctly for us. Oh. I think we played that voicemail. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I do passable jobs sometimes. Like I can do maybe like a British a little bit and I can do um, that Wisconsin thing a little yeah, bit. Your drop dead gorgeous accent, your like Midwest gotcha, accent no, is yeah. good. <laughs> is good. I like it. But I can't do like Australian. Good no, eye, you know, and I, I can't do really anything else. I can't do anything anyway. I just do my own. I don't even have an accent, do I? I'm accentless. Well, everyone with an accent doesn't think they have an accent. Oh, you're like blowing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck do I sound like? We got another email from Jake McDonald and he said, hi Queens greetings from London. I found your podcast last year and I haven't looked back since keep up the good work. Anyway, the other night I watched last night in Soho directed by Edgar Wright. Also definitely recommend hot fuzz Shaun of the dead as comedies. I found it to be a very good watch. However, my partner didn't seem to like it. I definitely think it would be worth a watch, maybe even a deep dive. Would love to hear your opinions on it. Kisses, Jake. I think we talked about this on our last review, our last year-end review. We did. So, Jake, go back and listen to our year-end episode um, from January 2022, and we talked about Last Night at Soho, because I think I I loved it. I thought it was It was on both of our top tens, I believe. It was a very, very good movie. And I I would assume maybe deep dive worthy in the future. Yeah. Like I think sometimes newer stuff, we kind of let it rest for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it depends, yeah. but we both liked it and We're I definitely going to deep dive it eventually. Yeah. And I do like Edgar Wright. I think his movies are really good. Yeah. Uh, famously, I had not seen Shaun of the dead ever and Chris got me to watch it and I thought it was fucking hilarious. Yep. So I haven't seen Hot Fuzz. I should probably watch that too. It's not as good, in my opinion. It's also not horror adjacent, really. I thought it was kind of horror adjacent. Like violent, maybe. Yeah, but it's not horror, really. Shaun of the Dead is horror. Well, yeah, for sure. Horror comedy, you know. Anyway, comparatively, relatively. Bennett, over on Patreon, said, Have you, Tired Queens, gotten around to watching the new season of American Horror Story? Because so far, it's passing off as an unofficial remake of Cruising. Mm. But this time, there are far more gay, gay creatives in front of and behind the camera. So I have watched the first episode, Bennett. I don't know. If there's not fisting going on in the background, then it's probably not as gay. I hear it gets pretty real fucking gay. There's Ooh. like a fucking hot muscle daddy murderer in it. We, maybe we should watch that tonight. So the first episode was good, but it's very, 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 so very, very, very freezing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, when it first started. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to wait until this is done and then I'll binge it is all. It, is it done? Mm-hmm, it's finished now. Oh, okay. So it's very, it's very cruising. It's very like leather scene, serial killer. And I was into that vibe. And I've been kind of like off the American Horror Story lately because I'm just like, yeah, eh, I kind of lost interest. You got a little fatigue. The, yes. The franchise seemed to have fatigue mm-hmm. as well. But, but <clears throat> if anything's going to bring me back into the fold, it is this fucking season because I'm kind of here for it. I just need to sit down and watch it. Okay. Well, let's do it. Stay tuned, Bennett. We got some voicemails. Oh, we got a lot of voicemails. We did. So the first one's from Ashley. Hey, Chris and Robert. It's Ashley, a.k.a. Fembot18. Longtime listener, huge fan, and most recently a Patreon. I am calling to let Robert know that I thought the Nightmare on Elm Street episodes were fantastic. So much so that is what prompted me to 
become a Patreon. So I know that you were evaluating whether or not that juice was worth the squeeze. And I am here to tell you, this little Freddy freak, it was. The other thing I wanted to comment on is in your hot takes for this month of November, uh, there was a lot of conversation about Midnight Club and Christopher Pike and Season of Passage. And I am a huge, huge fan of Midnight Club, Christopher Pike, and Season of Passage, and also Mike Flanagan because of you guys. I liked the series. I think I liked it, though, because I really wanted to like it. And I can admit that. I enjoyed it. I loved Heather Lagenkamp in it. I loved that they used actors from previous Mike Flanagan films. I cried. Um, I definitely got scared. Um, thought it was great. Also agree that Interview with a Vampire on AMC is so good. It is gold. We're living in the golden age, guys. We're so lucky. Anyway, I just wanted to call and thank you both for putting on such a great podcast consistently for so many years. You guys are the best. Thank you. Sweet dreams. Oh, my God. I thought I'd never hear that. Thank you for putting on such a good podcast for so many years. Can oh you believe that? Jesus. We started this the first time. 200 fucking episodes. Yeah. Shit. Good episode for that that feedback. Um, but, yeah, also so great that um, – you know, she wanted to tell you specifically that it was a Nightmare on Elm Street episodes that really kind of made her pull the trigger, you know? I'm so glad. That is my favorite horror franchise. I just love those movies so much. And you had commented on Instagram at one point saying that you were looking forward to it. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I hope we live up to expectations and whatnot. So <clears throat> if you liked them enough to head over to Patreon and join that family, that makes me so happy, Ashley. And about the Midnight Club stuff, like, I was bawling in some of those episodes like so much that i had to like stop and walk away and just like cry for a little bit like it was very effective and i'm not a huge christopher pike fan like i just don't have that experience right but that show was good and it made me cry a lot and season of passage is great well you're gonna get more questions about that coming up because penelope gave us a bunch of voicemails which we're gonna play a portion of but first ashley you also mentioned the Vampire Chronicles. You mentioned um, Interview with the Vampire. And we are totally on board. You have yet to finish it, don't you? Yeah, I have to finish it still. So many things to watch. So many things to watch. You definitely have to finish that, though. I know. I need to sign up for AMC+. Plus. Yeah, because you get all of Shudder with it, too. Right. Every time I think to go do it, Shudder has already charged me for the next month. It doesn't matter. You know? It's just a couple bucks. I know, but still. I will fucking Venmo you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just do it. Plus, I think like the first month you sign up is free anyway, so like the overlap wouldn't matter. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. Done. Yeah. Totes. Totes. So uh, Penelope is catching up, as you know from earlier comments. Penelope is catching up on our uh, all of our episodes, including shoot- old Shooting the Flames episodes, which is harder for us to kind of track to see what we were talking about because yeah. it's also random based on comments and questions and you know what we're you know random things we were talking about. And so what I'm going to do is kind of go through a play by play of some of the the, the voicemails. And then I'll play her last one, uh, where she gives us a special message about the holiday. Okay. So first off, she talks about um, Annihilation 
And so she was listening to our deep dive there and kind of talking about the the combination or the difference between Annihilation, the movie and the book, because we were asking, like, if anyone read the book, like, did they like it better? And she actually liked the movie better. Oh, yeah. Although based on our deep dive, she was surprised <laughs> to hear that the bear's name was Homerton, <laughs> which I had forgotten because that must have been one of my fun facts. It was. Yeah. And she talked about the ruins and I think she liked the the book better in the ruins. She also wants us to start like make some sort of like maybe drinking game with uh, our use of the word Muppety, <laughs> which apparently we use multiple times. We say Muppety a lot. Yeah. So she wants to she wants an episode count of the word Muppety so that she can start a drinking game or something. <laughs> I mean, like just you you tell us, honestly. We say the word Muppety so much. That I have, I use it with other people now. Like I've been at work and I was like, that's Muppety. And people look at me like they have no fucking idea. I was really talking to, I mean, over the Thanksgiving holiday, I was talking about a specific movie. I can't remember what I was talking about with someone in my family. And I was like, well, that's just Muppety. And I'm like, oh, it's not Chris. Like I can't, I can't, I can't just say this to other people. It's got to be more universal than that. I mean, everyone knows what a Muppet is. They do. But when you use like Muppety, like that's really just a you and I thing. And I've got to remember that. Yeah. Like stopping so fucking muppety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could mean physically, it could mean emotionally. <laughs> it could mean all those things, but no one else gets it like you do. So I mean, come on. <laughs> it works in almost every conversation. So yeah. If one wants to start a drinking game for the film flamers, I guess it's we're working off the word muppety. We'll <laughs> <laughs> drink every time we say muppety. Yeah. You're gonna be drunk. She also wants to know why we neither of us had never heard of the novel Roadside Picnic. Nope. Which is like a philosophical sci-fi horror novel. I mean, I've heard of the title. Yeah, I I have too, but I didn't know anything about it. Or the video game Stalker. Nope. And I hadn't either, and I missed that. It's like a first-person horror game that I somehow missed. Are you the Stalker? I don't know. Oh, I want to play that. I have nothing. Yeah, I don't know about it. Um, Yeah, so she also mentioned like something that we said randomly like this is star wars imagined as imagined by eeyore <laughs> what a muppety thing for me to say what it is muppety <laughs> she's like please go into more detail and i can't well sorry. i have no idea it's lost i have the time travel <laughs> thought is lost yeah but she was talking about tanzania where she is and there's like this local legend of like um a monster crocodile Okay. And she thinks it's albino as well. So it's like she was thinking about Annihilation. She realized it connected that there's like this, you know, crocodile there. And its name is Gustavo. <laughs> Gustavo. <laughs> there's a crocodile in Tanzania called a Gustavo. And it's giant and it's albino and it's killed people. And it's a real thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I was like thinking maybe this is a sequel to Ghost in the Darkness. Like the Ghost and the Gustavo. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be less. Gustavo and the Ghost. <laughs> Gustavo. <laughs> what a cute name for a murderous crocodile. Or just Gustavo. Oh Gustavo. <laughs> Sorry. It took me a minute. Shit. <laughs> Gustavo. Uh, anyway. Also, she said uh, Bennett called us evolved bitches. And she said. We need t-shirts. So we officially need t-shirts that call us film flamers of old bitches. Sure. We'll make right. it. We'll give, uh, we'll give Bennett a few, few bucks every time. <gasps> Wait, what am I reading in this docket right now? This document hates clue. She hates clue. Yes. <sighs> Penelope. Yeah. The fuck you say? She said, I'm sorry. You know, like we don't like rent. She doesn't like, maybe like we're just like medium on rent, but she literally said like, she just does not like clue. Well, that seems like you're in the minority for most people in this planet. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she needs to watch it again. I don't know. Okay, when you get back from Tanzania, 
You're going to have to watch clip. It I'll works, watch Rent. I mean, admittedly, it works better as a clip show, you know, but. No, it's good as a whole. <laughs> Stop being so muddy. <laughs> okay, you're overusing that word. I'm trying to make her drink. <laughs> we'll say Muppety 60 times. <laughs> and then we'll watch Clint. <laughs> and then watch Clint. <laughs> She's also wondering what the deal is with Helen Hunt's looks because apparently we were being mean. Google. You know. <laughs> she, she's like, should I look it up? Because I'm scared. And all I have to tell her is, you know, she kind of looks Muppety. Muppety. <laughs> 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 she doesn't care about a twister sequel um i don't know i'm kind of intrigued but without you know bill paxton it's less interesting for me i don't know uh also she said robert has only read one christopher pike book which one right and so obviously i feel like we've answered that multiple times in different episodes so maybe she's getting to those but season of passage yeah the christopher pike book um but there are a myriad of others that i would give you to read adult books uh, there's a couple of adult books. Yes. The, okay. the cold one is one of them. And it's right. a very good one. Although every time I think of that title, I think of a beer. Mm. I'm thinking of a beer right now. <laughs> actually, one. This one's empty. And uh, yeah. And there's a monster. There's a lot of teenager ones that, that are really, really good. Um, I'd love to give you some of the ones that they tried to do in midnight club, but you know, whatever. I mean, I'm down. I like to read. A lot of them are quick reads. So Yeah. I mean, like <clears throat> season of passage is kind of dense, but I read it really fast. So yeah, no, they're 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 easy reads because they're so intriguing and they're page turners. Yep. You know. So I mean, I'm down for it. Send me all the recommendations. I will read almost anything. She's also mad that she's she feels like she's given you like a lots of book recommendations over the years, and that you've maybe only like read one of them. Have I? Well, she needs to write them down. <laughs> <laughs> or you do. No, she should write them down and give them to me. <laughs> Stop being so muffety. <laughs> and write them down. Anyway, uh, let's finish this with uh, with playing her last voicemail. Happy belated Thanksgiving film flamers. Um, so I just listened to your Shooting the Flames episode from June. Don't hate me. I'm super behind. Um, and I just wanted to say, first off, I don't know if, if the things have changed since June. I'm assuming not because I assume the worst of people. Sorry, Robert. But I'll come on and talk all things Stranger Things with you, Chris, since Robert is a loose loser and won't watch Stranger Things. Um, I also wanted to say about like the whole Winnie the Pooh horror thing that um, one of my friends from grad school was in a play during the pandemic um, that was sort of like super dark, super, super dark about um, Winnie the Pooh. It was called Winnie the Pooh and the Seven Deadly Sins, uh, where, like, Christopher Robin is, like, a repressed uh, gay boy and, like, was, like, horrifically abused and, like, went off to college and, was like, had, like, basically a breakdown and then goes back to, like, meet up with his friends and they're all, like, essentially each one, like, represents one of the Seven Deadly Sins. It's, like, super, super, super dark. Anyways, um... I don't know if that if they had like the ability to do that or not, but they did it. They sure as hell did it. It was a thing that happened. Anyways, um, thought that might amuse you. Bye. She also, as proof, gave us a screenshot of the cover advertisement of the play. I saw it earlier. Yeah, it's uh, basically a giant like picture of like a giant Winnie the Pooh. 
in his like cave with splitting at the seams with stuffing coming out, filling his mouth with honey with from the pot that says gluttony on it and all of the empty bottles on the ground that say like lust and envy and sloth and pride. And then there's like this emaciated Christopher Robin on the cover and it's like Winnie the Pooh and the seven deadly sins. So this is legit. I'm really glad that we're talking about this now. Cause I saw that on Google drive and I was like, what the fuck is this even referencing? <laughs> so, that sounds amazing. I would watch that shit. And also happy belated Thanksgiving to you as well. Um, I never said I was not going to watch stranger things. I just haven't watched it yet. Here's the difference. Yeah. I mean, I'm slow. Yeah. A pox on all your houses. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you for all of your messages uh, this episode and your voicemails this episode, Penelope. We'll definitely be responding to more because we couldn't even fit all of the stuff that you sent us in this episode uh, just because you're doing catch up. And so we really appreciate that. We're something that you can listen to while you're away uh, to stave off boredom. <laughs> thank God. You know, so we'll be there for you. And yes, so next month, Penelope, stay tuned for more responses to all of your social media comments. Well, that was a lot of comments and questions, but we do have a new patron. Jessica E joined us at the film Sparker level and she sent us a message and she said, Hey guys, I have been a listener for a while, but it's your gateway horror top 10 episode that really sealed the deal to become a patron. And now I have all this bonus content. Amazing. In the legend episode, you spoke a lot about Disney movies and neither in the legend episode or the gateway episode. Did I hear a mention of the watcher in the woods? I mean, Betty Davis as an old, as a scary old timey, creepy lady, an old English mansion that appears to be haunted and children disappearing into another dimension. Holy shit. Y'all this movie haunted my nightmares as a kid. If you look into this movie, watch it and then watch the alternate ending on YouTube. It's totally different. And was the original ending until audience polls said it was just too much for Disney. And so he toned it way down. Another gateways return to Oz was a fave of mine as an eight or nine year old, but my OG was poltergeist. I was the same age as Carol Ann and I looked just like her. So I was a, So I was obsessed in a six-year-old narcissist way. I watched that movie on repeat and never did it dawn on my mother to maybe not let a six-year-old watch it over and over again. Thanks, you guys, for all the bonus content I get to dive into. You're welcome, Jessica. And yeah, uh, (laughs) I after I saw that comment, and I did respond to her um, on Patreon, but I I immediately added Watcher in the Woods to my watch list because I've never even fucking heard of it. Yeah, that movie's it's good. It's very scary, actually. It probably deserved a a mention on that gateway episode. Not maybe not in the top ten, but certainly in like yeah. Well, if I had known about it, yeah. So I really definitely want to want to watch it and then see the alternate ending because that sounds kind of deep divey to me, potentially. Yep. So yeah, I'm totally into that. And um, obviously, the gateway horror sealed the deal for you to become a patron, Jessica. And for that, we are super grateful. Yes. And we are glad to have you. And, oh my God, we can't wait to do more gateway horror. Stay tuned, because Return to Oz is coming. And obviously, we fucking love Poltergeist. Go listen to our episode if you haven't already. Yeah, our deep dive, we just gushed the entire time. And we get to play that amazing Dear Goldsmith score. Yes. Kind of like the director's cut for uh, Legend. So, hmm. everyone watch that director's cut. <laughs> Mother Teresa. <laughs> Mother Teresa. <laughs> of darkness. <laughs> Mother Teresa of darkness. <laughs> I smell another t-shirt. That's going to be your Halloween costume. <laughs> Mother Teresa of Darkness. 
Handing out director's cut editions of Legend. <laughs> to every child who rings your doorbell. So you're going to be like, you'll have that fucking gown that Mia Sarah wears in, wears in Legend. And you'll have like the Mother Teresa habit on top of your head. Yeah, well, let's face it. If you read the actual history, Mother Teresa was the Mother Teresa of Darkness. Um, anyway, don't want to spoil that for anyone. <laughs> we have to shout out our patrons who are at the Film Flamer tier or higher over on Patreon. And they are Ashley, Ben, Kimberly. Lisa, Penelope, and Wall Street. But especially. Especially all y'all. Yeah. Come on. Thank all of you because, and all of our other patrons as well, really. Yeah. I mean, 200th episode, we have to be giving out all the thanks. Yeah, keeping the lights on. That is for sure. Horror News. We have two pieces of information, two pieces of horror news that kind of go hand in hand. And Entertainment Weekly reported that The Midnight Club has been ghosted by Netflix after only one season. Slow clap for that title, Entertainment Weekly. I know. <laughs> Dumb pun. Yeah. And so the next uh, the next news item is that Mike Flanagan signs a multi-year series deal at Amazon. So this could be part and parcel to that, right? And so I don't know if they canceled it. Well, Mike Flanagan's not going to be here. He just signed a fucking deal with Amazon. And that says multi-year series deal. So I don't know if that is a one series, one show that goes on for multiple series seasons or if it is multiple series. I think what it's the way it's worded, it's one series that would go on for multiple seasons. And Amazon's fairly better about this than Netflix. Netflix, if they don't see numbers, they don't let shows kind of get astride. They don't let their shows kind of grow beards a lot of the time. So people are a little gun shy, understandably. Like some Joe Blow off the street could have an idea and get a show on Netflix, but it's much more unlikely that they're actually going to get a season two. That's true. You know, and I have mixed feelings about this because I really want to see more Christopher Pike stories. But what Mike Flanagan did was he made it a Mike Flanagan story and made up, you know, he made the, um, the bookend the story, right. Instead of the actual stories from Christopher Pike. And so Christopher Pike, again, didn't get a fair shake on TV. And that kind of pisses me off and it damages my view of Mike Flanagan. You know, and so still, I'm a, I, I love Dr. Sleep. I love Haunting of Hill House. Less so with Bly Manor. I, I also loved Mass, you know, uh, Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. So by far and away, I still love Mike Flanagan. But what he did with Christopher Pike here kind of pissed me off. Well, so we'll see what he does with Season of Passage, if that's even still happening. I, I don't know. I think that's still happening, but I think that's more of a theatrical thing that he's working on. Well, I actually would hope that it would be more of a theatrical, because that, that's, like you said, that book is dense. It is very dense. So if that is a multi-series deal on Amazon, that would be fucking amazing. So I still very much like Mark Flanagan. I don't, I don't have the kind of connection to The Midnight Club as a book or... Is it a series of books? Or is this no, a, one it's book? a book. Yeah, that you do. I've never it's read an it. Anthology. You know, I still think that Mike Flanagan is a brilliant. And the book and story was even better in the original book. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I need to read it. Obviously, less YA, weirdly. <clears throat> but <clears throat> all this news was going on today, right? I was reading a lot of it when I pulled up like Facebook or Twitter. Like people were talking about this, and it was kind of all over the place. Um, of the switch because it was a big deal when Mike Flanagan signed that deal with Netflix. Yeah, and he still has a show coming out there, Fall That's of the right. House of Usher, which should not be affected, but it is coming out in 2023 sometime. Yeah, and that is a, it's very much in the same vein as like Hill House kind of. You know what I mean? It's a whole bunch of post stories like put together. Um, 
So I don't know. I mean, like, I'm always interested to see what he does. I feel like Amazon has a lot of money to throw at people, too, just when Netflix does as well. I don't know, because they spent a lot of their money on this Lord of the Rings show. Well, they need which to, fell flat with a bunch of people. They need to give Mike Flanagan some money. But yes, so the answer to one of your earlier questions, entertainment, entertainment movie, uh, the Midnight Club was canceled at Netflix because Flanagan left. You think so? Yes. They said it in an article today. Though they were quoted. I, uh, not Netflix in general, but someone reported that that was the case, that it was canceled oh. because he was no longer making shows with them. Okay. Well, I'll think about crying later. So there you go. You're not you're not going to get any more Midnight Club. It has been canceled because he's going over to Amazon and there will not be an Amazon version of the Midnight Club because that belongs to Well, that's to understandable Netflix. too because if he's busy over on Amazon, then he's not going to be able to show run, you know, over on Netflix. Nope. So I get it. And I wouldn't want to either because really the only episodes I liked were the ones that he helmed. Well, and then like, he he came to the end of his Netflix deal, right? Yeah, and This I'm, is normal. This we don't, is business. We don't know what it was like to make those shows over on Netflix for him. You should never feel loyal towards corporations, you know, maybe no. a person or teams of people. But, you know, if Amazon's saying, hey, we're going to give you money to do this multi-series deal that you were dreaming about, you know, do it. Versus Netflix, if he wants to do a multi-series deal, I can tell why anyone would have hesitation going to Netflix. Because if the numbers aren't quite what they want, they're not going to let a series breathe. They are not known for that. Netflix is a, you know, hack and slash. Yep. with their shows and they're known for that so welcome we're gonna have to see what happens though like but when i saw some of those headlines today while scrolling through social media my mouth was agape so oh. um kind of like it was when i saw this particular headline apparently there's a movie called bambi the reckoning in which bambi becomes a vicious killing machine in an upcoming horror film right and so this is from the same team theoretically as winnie the pooh blood and honey which is coming out in february yes and also, they have another movie coming up, Peter Pan Neverland Nightmare. Right? So they're doing all of this stuff. And so uh, a lot of the stuff you'd know from Disney, right? But Bambi, it's actually the book from 1923 that just went into open, that is going into open domain. Yep. Right? And so they're just going to try and do this whole series even before their first one comes out, which, you know, from the trailer, it looked like a piece of shit. Blood but, and honey? Yeah. I'm going to we'll watch see. it anyway, though. Yeah. We'll just have to see, but they're, they're trying to make Bambi like the, from like the relic. <laughs> so like antlers, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this fucking monster. So I mean, I I'm kind of here for it. I really, I really enjoy like really stupid, intentionally stupid horror. It's not highbrow horror. Like, you know, cocaine bear or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm so ready for that too. Oh, I can't wait till we talk about trailers. Yeah. <laughs> So the last uh, item of news is the dentist and the dentist too are drilling into Blu-ray for the first time. Did thank we you. just talk about this? No, but uh, thank you, Bloody Disgusting, uh, for that title. I love drilling into Blu-ray for the first time. We did talk about the dentist recently. Yeah. On our Little Shop of Horrors yes, bonus episode. because yeah. of the big Muppety mouth that was in there. And I was like, that's the same way they do it in the dentist. I've never seen the dentist. You have to watch the Isn't dentist. Isn't Corbin Burnson in that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's so good I, I just love to see you fucking squirm in that movie oh god i can't i can't I hate the dentist <laughs> my mouth shows it so oh my god i can't wait <laughs> okay well let's get that on blu-ray and we'll watch it okay i want to see if it's on streaming first so i can like shave off some time <laughs> <laughs> so i have drill off some time <laughs> <laughs> drilling into blu-ray <laughs> love it uh Coming soon. 
So the first trailer we're going to talk about today is from a movie called Troll, and it started today. No, yesterday. Yeah, December 1st. On Netflix, and it has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, although based on the trailer, I don't know how. I don't know. It looks like well done. The effects look real well done. And, you know, who knows if it's 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how many reviews that is. Um, It looks like it's a co-production of maybe U.S. and Swedish, mostly Swedish. I would say mostly sweet. Yeah. Or Norwegian. One of those. One of the two. Sounds like the Swedish chef half the time. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, the effects look amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Bork, bork, bork. (laughs) Rudy. (laughs) Wow. What the fuck was I saying? <laughs> How many, you know, we're celebrating our 200th episode. We're going to lose so many people from Ireland and, <laughs> and Scandinavia. Scandinavian countries. <laughs> They're like, fuck you. <laughs> bork, bork. Um, I don't know. Like, okay. <clears throat> yes, the effects look amazing in this. And it seems like it's like really action packed and fun, kind of like disaster-y kind of movie. And I'm kind of here for that aspect of it. But every single piece of fucking dialogue in that trailer is ridiculous. And I was just like, am I going to be rolling my eyes throughout this entire movie? Every time someone speaks, I don't, I don't know. So but it's there on Netflix for free. So if you it's not for free, you pay for Netflix. Well, you already pay for Netflix. So, I mean, I'll probably end up watching it, but this entire thing reminds <laughs> me of a movie that I watched a couple years ago called troll hunter, which is really, really, really fucking good. Yeah, And it's probably, you know, somewhat based on that. I don't know. Probably. But I think this is more like on, on local legend and their local mythology and they're trying to take advantage of telling their own story. And you well, know, this was that, also so. a Norwegian movie, Troll Hunter was. Okay. So I mean I didn't know that trolls solely came from that part of the birdie, world. Birdie birdie birdie. <laughs> <laughs> don't to tell you. Have you seen the fucking TikTok video of the Swedish chef singing <laughs> that song by Lizzie no. or whatever Lizzo? No. It's about dead time. He's a bork, bork, bork. That's way off topic. How did you watch that and not send it to me? I think I may have. At least I favorite it. I'll have to show you later. So next up, we've got The Eternal Daughter, which is a team-up between A24 and Tilda Swinton in dual roles. This will be in theaters December 2nd. I'm, I'm guessing select theaters, right? Yeah. And it so far has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. So now, this is a trailer. Yeah, this is a good trailer, but I still have no fucking clue what it's about. No. Like, I don't know if I'm, like, really intrigued or really fucking bored. But it's A24, it's Tilda Swinton, has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm The math for is it. there. For real. And... We were watching this trailer and I was like, is she playing both roles? Yes. I'm like, yes. She looks exactly the same. I mean, she does. I know. I'm not even trying. <laughs> There's no makeup at all. It's just Tilda Swinton with glasses and a white wig. <laughs> wig. <laughs> but since I'm now on the Tilda train, I mean, I am all about it. I want to see this movie. What is the Tilda train? Was that the first movie? The Snowpiercer. Yeah. Snow <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you on the Snowpiercer? <laughs> no, you're flesh. She was so good in that movie. Like, and then I just loved her in fucking Suspiria. So yeah, I um, haven't seen that one movie with Idris Elba that she's been in recently. I was told that was really good. Oh, the happiness one. It was, I forgot what it was called, but yes, I don't know. A thousand years of something longing. That, yes. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I need to watch that as well, but yeah. I really want to watch this one because I'm intrigued by it. My sister said it was really good. So, Good. But yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll check this one out. Yeah. Bork, but bork, most, 
Bookmark. <laughs> you never knew. Uh, but most importantly, we have been given the trailer of all trailers for a movie that I feel is probably going to be way up there with like the color purple for me. Oh, well, and that's Cocaine Bear. Yeah. <laughs> cocaine Bear. And if you have not seen this fucking trailer, go to our show notes, click on the link. It's YouTube. It's amazing. Uh, this is starring Ray Liotta. And this is a, maybe his final role. Yeah. And Carrie Russell, of all people. <laughs> and this isn't going to be in theaters on February 24th. And this is based on, partially based on a true story. Yeah. And this bear hath uh, sucked up and eaten and snorted a metric shit ton of cocaine. And that's the whole fucking movie. And it goes on a murderous rampage. Yeah. And it's hilarious it looks fucking hilarious it looks uh, like a theater watch it yeah. looks like i want to be with an audience when i see this <clears throat> and like nikki prepare yourself this has got to be an altered state watch for sure i was telling chris earlier i was like i will take a gummy <clears throat> i'm gonna go sit and watch this movie in the theater and i'm gonna have a good fucking time because it looks violent it looks funny and it looks ridiculous yeah and i'm here for all those things i, I love, love like, this Russell. kid in the tree who, who just survived this bear attack or whatever and the mom's like what happened he was like there was this bear and it was fucked <laughs> This movie just looks like so much fun. And I know that Elizabeth Banks either directed it or had a, a like, or produced it or something like that. So you know it's going to be really fucking funny. I love <laughs> Carrie Russell. That bear, when it's like leaping into the back of that ambulance, I'm just like, I am here for this. Yes. Like, for sure. <laughs> this movie just looks great. Yes. And I really hope that the more I go to gay bars, people start calling me Cocaine Bear. <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to watch the trailer again. <laughs> so good. But like Chris said, we have links to all of these trailers and all of the news items in our show notes. So go and check those out. Well, guys, I think that about wraps up our 200th episode. We had a lot of comments and questions, though, and we love to hear those. So keep them coming. Look for us. Follow us on social media at The Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also follow us on Letterboxd. You can email us at tiredgreens at filmflamers.com or call our hotline at 972 666 Seven seven three three. You can bork 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 me anytime. Bring the cocaine. <laughs> can bork me anytime. You can drill into my Blu-ray. <laughs> but don't ghost me. <laughs> no. Stupid article titles. Anyway, stay tuned with us for next month. Or actually, this month. Fuck. Uh, as we celebrate the holiday season with two holiday adjacent or adjacent movies, which are Batman Returns and The Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm looking forward to watching both of these movies. It's been a while since I've seen either one. Me too. And you know how I love a horror adjacent Christmas movie. I know. What else do we have in store? I think on Patreon, we're doing something special too. Yeah, I think we're talking about Black Christmas, but that may be up in the air. Are we going to do that or not? The new Black Christmas, not the, the remake, one, but the like the one, the middle one, six, yeah, <laughs> the Goldilocks <laughs> one <laughs> with uh, Sarah Michelle Geller's younger sister, Buffy's younger sister, Michelle Trachtenberg. Yes, yes, Black Christmas. Okay, 
Maybe. Check it out. We'll Maybe. See. And so head over to patreon.com slash the film flamers and join the family. We're going to read your name on the next shooting the flames. And uh, there's lots to talk about over there. So do it. Do it. Also, like Chris said earlier, bork, getting, bork, bork. <laughs> 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 getting reviews on Apple podcasts or iTunes is very, very helpful for us. So if you could please head over there, leave us a five-star review and why you like us. And we're going to read that on shooting the flames. Well, Robert, I'm coming off of all this cocaine, so... <laughs> all that cocaine? <laughs> you need to go bork? <laughs> I'm ready to do some cocaine country dancing. <laughs> all right, well, let's go do that, and then maybe we'll have some sweet dreams. <laughs> Why keep saying bork now? <laughs> What's that like saying cocaine? I don't know. <laughs> It's a bork, bork, bork. <laughs> <laughs> oh.